Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Catherine Morehouse. High-stakes negotiations are in full swing over control of the Colorado River, and all eyes are on California's top negotiator. John Brooks Hamby, or JB, represents the largest Western economy in the ongoing talks, and he's the youngest negotiator by far at age 27. He has to figure out how to properly divide the river's shrinking water among seven states and millions of people. It's a negotiation with no winners, as Politico's Annie Snyder reports, but many hope that Hamby is the man for the job. So today, Annie breaks down Hamby's rapid rise to one of the most powerful seats in the West and the huge responsibilities that come with it. It's Wednesday, December 13th. So J.B. Hamby emerged as this hugely important figure at the beginning of this year on the Colorado River. He rose to prominence during a really dire moment as the seven states that share the river were really at loggerheads over how to make essential cuts to water deliveries to avoid a massive disaster along the system. And in January, he was elected by the other major water players within California to lead the state in interstate negotiations over how to share this dwindling river's flows in the years coming forward. It's a hugely important position. He's representing both the most powerful state that controls the largest share of water among the seven states, and also the century-old irrigation district that uses more water than the states of Arizona and Nevada combined. Is the single largest user of Colorado River water. And in the month since he was elected, he architected this real turnaround among the lower basin states that were really at loggerheads over how to share cuts in the near term to head off a massive near-term disaster. And he's kind of developed this reputation as being the great new leader on the river who is going to confront these generations' deep battles among the states, among the big users, to find a path forward in this much drier future. He's 27 years old, incredibly young, and in an incredibly important position at this moment in time. So let's start out with how someone so young got into this position, which, as you laid out, is just an extremely important role. So where did his role here start? Yeah, so Hamby is a fourth-generation resident of the Imperial Valley. His great-grandfather came to the region during the Great Depression in search of work and got a job as a ditch digger. And his family has been in the agricultural business in the region ever since. He is incredibly bright, went to Stanford and had a series of internships for Uber, for former Senator Ben Sass, and was a history major. And in his time there, he got really interested in the history of his own region. He's told me that when he went to Stanford, he didn't necessarily have any intention of returning home, but he became just fascinated by the history of the Imperial Valley and the history of the Imperial Irrigation District and its role on the Colorado River in the past. And so in 2020, just a couple years after having graduated from college, he launched a campaign to serve on the board of the Imperial Irrigation District. 
he won in a landslide and had been representing his district on the irrigation district board for the last few years. And at the beginning of the year, he became Imperial's representative to the sort of body of big water users within California that relies on the Colorado River. It's called the Colorado River Board of California. And at the beginning of the year, not long after he was appointed to the board, through some sort of smart positioning and frankly, a lot of luck, emerged from a closed door meeting of the state's water barons as the chairman of that board. Wow. So now this young man is responsible for representing all of California. And as you've reported on extensively, there are definitely a lot of competing interests there, to put it lightly, perhaps. So who are some of his supporters and detractors in this role? His real challenge here is going to be navigating this sort of agricultural urban tension and some of the personalities and some of these generation deep rivalries to be able to hold the state of California together at the negotiating table. The state, it holds the largest share of Colorado River water. It has the largest congressional delegation. It's got deep pocketed political donors within it. It's got a governor who is thought to harbor presidential ambitions. It is the power to be contended with in these negotiations, but if and only if the state as a whole can hold together. And so that is going to be one of his biggest challenges, is sort of holding the competing interests within California together around a single negotiating position as these negotiations go forward. So we've broken down a lot just how powerful this position is. And as you just said, there are just so many competing and, again, very powerful factions at play here. So could you expand on what some of his most critical and challenging negotiations will be in the next year and the role he'll play in kind of hammering those out? I think there is really no way to overestimate how hard these negotiations on the Colorado River are going to be. I mean, this is the type of negotiation from which no one can emerge a winner. There's only going to be pain for everyone. You've got 40 million people who rely on this, many of them in urban settings, where they're just simply going to have to pay more for water. You've got $5 billion agricultural industry that is farming some of the most fertile land in the country that is going to just have to figure out a way to use less water. And a lot of the low-hanging fruit has already been taken. It's hard to imagine that you don't have to take some of that land out of production. And that is a hugely difficult economic and political proposition. And the only way that you can end up with a deal that will actually work in a much drier future is if you can get the participation of the players that hold the most legally powerful water rights here. And that is really the farm districts, like the one that Hamby is home to. And if you can't get their participation, you run the risk of litigation blowing the whole thing up. And so I think the thing that makes Hamby such an important figure here is that he is trying to navigate this line. He is not only having to operate at the interstate level, representing California, dealing with these tensions with the cities, but at the end of the day, his entree into all of this is representing this irrigation district. And he has got to craft a deal that can work at the interstate level, but that he can sell back home. And I think that is going to be his biggest challenge. He is, in fact, up for re-election in 2024. Also, the Interior Department announced it wants to hold an Atlantic Coast offshore wind auction next year. The department said it would auction two lease areas off the coasts of Delaware, Maryland, and Virginia. The proposed lease area covers more than 270,000 acres, enough to power over 2.2 million homes. It's the latest effort by the Biden administration to develop the renewable energy source and shift the U.S. grid off fossil fuels. 
For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power dash switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. And that's our show. I'm Catherine Morehouse, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Today's program support is provided by Chevron. Progress means producing renewable fuels for today's fleets. Chevron intends to grow their renewable fuels production capacity to 100,000 barrels per day by 2030. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash renewable fuels.